This album's hard. Have you heard this joint? The Poison Joint Swiss Beats? It's been a minute. Okay. Yeah, I know it came out um, I think like towards the end of last year. I was listening to it hella heavy. Um, are we good? We rocking? Let me know. Oh, we straight? Yeah. Alright, man. Um, you are rolling. Thank you, sir. I fu- you know what? I um this shit, this I don't even listen to Young Thug like that, but this this joint's hard. I don't know. A lot of people don't fuck with thugs like that. I mean, a lot of people do, but a lot of people don't. I fuck with thug. Um Oh, you don't like future. That's what you don't like. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of future. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, no, no worries. <laughs> like, and here's the thing. Like, after last time, y'all were giving me shit because you're like, yo, future got bars. I went back and I looked. Yeah. Future don't got fucking bars. Duh, come on, man. You gotta li- did you read the lyrics or did you listen to the songs? Nah, I read the lyrics. I'm yeah, listen to the music. No, but that's not bars. The same, but, they, but you said... Delivery and flow are two different things in bars. Absolutely, but you got to... I mean, you got to hear it in the course of the song. Like, if you listen... Like, Chains is the same way. You better not go read Chains music. You'll feel stupid as shit. If you read Chains lyrics, you'll be like, come on, G. But, like, you know, when you hear him as he spit him, it's different. That happens to a lot of people. What is this? What's this in the background? Um, all right, man. Let's... I'm going to get rolling here. I do love this album, though. The Swiss Beach joint. I think it was completely overlooked. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna just recommend that people listen to this and put this shit out. All right, man. Um, what episode is it? Episode 49? Is this episode 50? Is this episode 50? What? This episode 50. <laughs> Solo for Dolo on number 50. What a way to bring in episode 50. What a way to get this fucking milestone. I had two guests cancel on me. Um, I'm rocking solo today. It's me and Keith here in the studio, and he convinced me to just do the shit solo. So, and that's ultimately what we're working towards anyway—to be on television and have a show and all that shit. So, you know, it's not a bad look. Um, but I do appreciate everybody rocking with me for 50 episodes. That's fucking nuts. Um, I thought when we did like the first couple, um, I just had one thing in mind, and that was just to keep going. You know, a lot of us pick up projects and pick up passions, and you know, we we put them down. Um, and one of the biggest things I want to do is remain consistent. And for the most part, I mean, barring like some technical difficulties, we've been able to drop like an episode a week. Um, you know, like I said, we took a couple of weeks off uh, earlier this year just because, you know, sound wasn't right. Got back in here with, with Keith to to do this. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, then I think another one time we canceled or we didn't come in here because uh, a guest didn't show up but that was the biggest thing to me was just remaining consistent um and improving on quality being um being consistent in our growth uh, as far as um deliverables you know and, and, and tangibles so being able to um improve on a podcast every week hopefully i've done that you know being able to, to um grab guests that are that are great you know people that pe- other people want to hear from be able to have uh, quality conversations be able to have um just the word I'm looking for. Organic conversations, you know. I think we had one podcast where we had some rappers on that asked us to be interviewed, and that just didn't go so well. Um, making a transition, man, from being uh, in Tacoma to then recording at, out of iHeart Studios, getting kicked out of iHeart and getting fired from Cube, <laughs> and then recording out of the house and then back here. So it's been a journey over the year. Um, so, again, just thank you to everybody who's – been a part of it. If you've ever been a guest on the show, again, thank you. If you listen to the show, if this is your first time, uh, hopefully this is not your last time. Um, you know, if you've left a comment, rated rated us, reviewed us for any reason, you know, um, again, really appreciative. If you've brought alcohol to the podcast, or you just sat back and listened, you shared this with somebody, again, super appreciative because without 
all that support, then we, you know, obviously we wouldn't be doing this and we, we can't do this on a week to week basis. Uh, Keith, thank you very much, sir, for opening your doors, um, you know, making it possible. Of course. Like, honestly, man, like I've, I've seen you, like I, I missed a little chunk in the middle, but I saw you at the beginning and I see you now and I'm just impressed with how much you've evolved from point A to point B. I think you've done a, a, a really impressive job of uh, stepping your game up over time. Oh, man, I appreciate that. Um, for real, yeah, there has been a <laughs> – if you're rocking with the podcast, you know me personally, there's a lot of growth that's, that's had to happen. Um, you know, and I've shared a lot of myself on the podcast because I've always felt like you should be able to do that. Um, I always – I say it all the time, but I struggle with how honest I can be on the podcast, not because I want to come in here and give you guys a bunch of fabricated shit, but because um, I never know how much of me affects other people. So I don't want to put out, you know – whatever into the universe for somebody else to get a phone call and say, hey, I heard you said, you know, or whatever. And it may sound like a lot of self-deprecation, but I shit on myself a lot <laughs> on the podcast. I, you know, I, t- I talk about a lot of the things that I've gone through and maybe I'm not, ha- you know, didn't handle something in the, in the best way or, you know, the most positive or most healthy way. But I, I honestly believe that's the best way to get in touch with the people. You know, um, I, I'm a huge fan of autobiographies. And, and as I was reading through um, LL Cool J's autobiography, if you didn't get a chance to read that, it was fucking amazing, but he talked about his uh, his porn addiction or his sex addiction, and it was definitely one of the things that made me more a fan because he was very open, you know, um, with that. If you read, you know, the autobiography of um, of Malcolm X, and as he as he and Alex Haley tell the stories of, you know, the crimes that he was involved in, you know, he was talking about, uh, you know, robbing people and you know, home invasions and being addicted to drugs and things like that. Like, I feel like whenever you get an opportunity to bury your soul, you just attract new energy, um, you know, and more people can relate. Because <laughs> we, we know a lot of people that are going through something, suffering from something, um, have had their very unhealthy habits, whatever it may be. And you don't even know the amount of people that have reached out to me and touched me. When I shared, you know, that I had attempted suicide and people hit me and were like, yo, I also had a moment. You know, obviously these conversations can't happen in public or they don't want them to happen in public. But, you know, somebody said, hey, you know, like, I'm glad you spoke up for for individuals that went through something like that. You know, I've had suicidal thoughts. How do you how did you make it out of that place? Um, And I thought, man, by the grace of God, my daughter. Um, But again, I just I struggle with how much of myself I can share because I don't want it to affect other people. And, you know. All that. My daughter's mom was coming to me and said, you you said this on the podcast and I can't believe we're raising a daughter together. And, you know, I've had those moments and, and all that type of shit. So I just try to scale it back, you know, for the sake of my mom who listens, you know, for Summer's mom and exes. Go ahead. Everybody wants honesty until they get it. That's very true. Um, you know, the truth is a very hard pill to swallow. Um, you know, it's just it's it's hard to. It's hard to feel like you still have some of yourself when you share so much of yourself. You know, like what what can I keep for me? I, I think becomes the question that I ask, uh, and I'm not even at the level that I want to be yet. Like we're not even remotely there. You know, um, one of my biggest inspirations, uh, just in in podcasting, in any type of media, whatever, is Arsenio Hall. I need to get to that point where I have the equivalent of an interview with Mike Tyson and Muhammad Ali and Sugar Ray Leonard. You know, until I can do that, sitting on the couch with those guys, you know, or getting the equivalent of whatever our, you know, and, and to be a fan, not just be a fan of those guys, but to be friends with those people because I bring up my friends all the time. This is a podcast full of friends and family. Um, like I said, I, I, I suck at taking interview requests. 
I talked to Casey about this, Casey Carter. Um, you know, we are talking online probably like a week ago. Like, yo, how do you even handle interview requests? What do you do when people say, you know, hey, I want to come on? Like, gee, I'm not really a fan of the shit that you do. You know, we could put something into play, I guess. You know, but, um, yeah, I struggle with that because I'll give you the yes in person. <laughs> Excuse me. And, uh, and then be a piece of shit and just – I'll try not to ghost you, but, you know, it'll be a further conversation. Um, we are going to do a call in in a second. But before we do that, I want to get to something that's very um, concerning for me. I know that we've all, if you haven't heard of of this case so far, um, I want you to pay close attention to it. Um, It's uh, fresh off the heels of the the Botham Jean situation with uh, Amber Geiger. There was a young woman, 28 years old, Tatiana Jefferson, uh, in Fort Worth, Texas. She was murdered in her bedroom um, one of her by a, by a police officer. His name is Aaron Dean. He is no longer a police officer. He resigned today. He's also been charged with murder today. It was something I didn't think would happen. I think a lot of us kind of felt like he wouldn't be charged. But the details of the case are as such: uh, a neighbor of hers at two in the morning noticed that her her uh, living room door or her the door to her home was open. He uh, called the police. He was he called the non emergency line actually. And he said, you know, hey, you know, it's not like them to have the door open like that. The lights are on the side. I don't see anybody moving around. You know, if you guys should just send somebody over just to check it out. Um, Mr. Uh, what's my man's name? I don't even want to call him Mr. Because I feel like that's being disrespectful to her. Um, what did it say? Aaron Dean? That's his name? Uh, Aaron Dean, you know, approached the house. He sees her through the, the window. He says, you know, put your hands in the air. He doesn't identify himself. And he just fires a shot within three seconds of telling her to put her hands in the air. Um, She was in the room with her eight-year-old nephew, who she was babysitting at the time. Um, He watched her die, uh, which is, can you imagine, you know, being eight years old and just witnessing that? Um, Again, you know, black woman, I I don't know if this was racially motivated. He couldn't see her, obviously. Um, But I do think that the fear that they instill in these police officers— um, from the jump in the academy uh, played a large role in this. I mean, maybe he knew the neighborhood and just, you know, had a – I don't know. I don't know, man. I can, we can theorize all we want. But at the end of the day, uh, a life was taken. This uh, amazing 28-year-old woman, I, I heard that she was – I think I read somewhere she was a school teacher. Um, you know, so she obviously affected – you know, this affects more lives than just her immediate family. Um it's egregious. Uh, I'm, I'm super upset. I'm tired of reading stories like this. I'm tired of us having to have these type of conversations. I'm tired of having to, you know, uh, have this level of anger and rage, you know, um, discoursing not just through me but through our community as we try to search for justice for an injustice that's been done. Uh, I'm glad that he's been arrested. I, I do want to pay really close attention to this case, as we know, with the Amber Geiger situation when she murdered. Uh, both of them as he was sitting on his couch eating ice cream she was sentenced to 10 years that's one of the most pathetic things I think I've seen um, outside of Zimmerman not being charged properly uh, you know it's just it's a slap in the face to our community so you know it's it's really spitting in our face uh, you know for something like that to happen for her to only get 10 years and then you know who knows what's going to come from this case but you know just I'm, I'm tired of saying thoughts and prayers because at the end of the day what does that really amount to? You know, I, I think these people who are affected by these, you know, tragedies that take place, uh, these crimes that are being committed, and they need more than just a thought. They need more than just some prayers. 
Um, they need some type of counseling, of course, because the family is not going to get over this easily. Um, I, I also believe, you know, they need some type of monetary support because I'm sure that woman's family is not going to be able to go to work, you know, for some time. Um, you know, they, they need true support from the com- from from our community and, and even bigger than just our community. So I'm not I don't have an answer as to what should happen from here on out. But something needs to be done. These type of things can't happen. We need police reform at the at the highest and the lowest levels. I mean, it's fucked up. Yeah, I mean, as simply as you could fucking put it. I mean, what else? You know, I'm just, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm very tired of this type of thing happening. And again, my blood starts to boil. But when it becomes so normalized, it's kind of just like, okay, I can't really react. Because, one, I can't affect that situation. And two, you just have this feeling of helplessness. You know what I mean? Um, outside of fucking rioting, like on, on some real shit. So again, I, I don't, I don't have the answers, G. I don't know what needs to happen next or what should happen. I'm open to all suggestions. I don't know how to affect that situation. It just, I don't want to say it is what it is, but you know, at this point, uh, all we can do is hope that you know somebody in the system wants to do the right thing and carries it out. That so- way. Do you see any progress in the idea that he was arrested for murder the day after or that she was convicted? Because it seems like up until that point, other than the, the, the Scott case where the dude was on video shooting the mother guy in the back, um, we haven't seen a lot of accountability. Do you see any anything that you consider an improvement with those two cases? Well, yeah, those are, those are definitely... Um Signs of uh, of improvement or progress, like you said, for her to be charged, period, when we all thought that she wasn't going to be charged at all, you know? Um, I mean, it is taking baby steps, but we're talking about baby steps when you, we need to be making bigger leaps. Well, no, and obviously, like, two cases don't erase or do anything to solve the pain from however many years of, of shit there's been. Right. Like, it, it, it doesn't make up for anything. It doesn't. Um, but again, like you said, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to look at it and say that there hasn't been progress. Those things are progressive, right? Like she was charged, she did time. It was a fairly quick trial at that. It wasn't something that was long and drawn out. Um, so yeah, I mean, ten years is. It seems ridiculous because you know, in comparison, we have people who are didn't take K, the rapper, the young kid, just get charged. He got like what, like fifty years, and they didn't even have like a lot of substantial evidence saying that he did or didn't do the crime. It was all just you know. Um, I don't know whatever. much about his case. I do know that, at least from my perspective, she should be doing life at a minimum. She should be doing life. Did you, you heard about the kid that was um, that got sentenced to ten days in jail? Uh, for showing up late or missing his first uh, day of jury duty. Yeah. Ten days in jail for oversleeping. I think he was like 19 years old or something. He was a young kid. But, like, that's the punishment. So then on the other end, a cop took someone's life, basically indiscriminately. I just feel like cops should be held to a higher standard. I mean, like, and here's the thing, and there are probably a lot of people who won't agree with me on this, but I believe that on the one hand, like, we do have to defer to the cops in a lot of situations. And there mm-hmm. are things that we have to do that may not be our first instinct when it comes to dealing with cops. It but de- the other end of that has to be the accountability where if you're, you've got the power of life and death in your hand, you've mm-hmm. got a gun, and you've got permission to use it, if you fuck up, you need to be held to a higher standard. Yeah, because you were given that right to like, do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and so 
I, I think it's got to be a give and take, and there has to be that balance. I don't mind uh, deferring to cops on certain things if I know that the other end of the bargain is being held up. But that's the thing. For so long, it, it hasn't ha- No, been. it hasn't been on either side. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's good. It, it makes the situation worse because now you have com- entire communities who feel like the police are the enemy. And that's not even a new thing. You no, know I mean? it's like, been going I, on for hundreds I, of years in this country. I, yeah, I've talked to people who make it seem like that these things are new. It's like, nah, bro. Like, over the past, when, when did the uh, Tra- Trayvon Martin situation take place? That 2013, 2014, something like that? Um, you know, ever since, not even just since then, but that was like, you know, one of the biggest um, cases at the time. Mike Brown, that situation as well. You know, so I say over the past five or six years, you know, there's been um, a, an awakening. You know, and, and just it's been thrown in the 2012. 2012. Which one was that? Trayvon Martin. Okay, so over the past seven years, I say it's been thrown into the faces of you know a lot of white people, with, you know, by the media, and they're starting to see the things that we talk about all the time. You know, within our community, um, and I just think that you know now it's not the point where we're making arguments for it anymore. Or you can't. No, and I think we had moments similar to this. I think. But it was more isolated because, like, I grew up listening to NWA. I heard "Fuck the Police" as a kid. I used to listen to that tape going to summer camp mm-hmm. uh, when I was living in Germany, like on a military base. Mm-hmm. And then not long after that, you got the Rodney King tape, right? And that so was ninety-two, got, yeah, yeah. And so you've got um, a view of these things, mm-hmm. right? And you said, "Oh, the stuff that I heard when I was a kid." It turns out now we have evidence of it, and. But but cameras weren't like ubiquitous or all over the place like they are now. So we had one incident, and then it. Like, it was a big one, don't get me wrong. Right. But eventually it died off, and we didn't hear about it anymore. Right. Now we've got a constant stream of this stuff. Right. And that's what I'm, that's the, that's the point that I, I try to make to people. Like, this is constantly happening. You know, Amber Geiger was last week. We talked about that last week, or maybe the week before. And we had to talk about the kid who got sentenced to 10 days in jail. And I think they rescinded that sentence. I think they made him just do, like, community service or something just because of the pressure from social media but still like that's your initial thing to send them 10 days like that's bullshit and now uh you know uh tatiana jefferson again within you know two weeks of, of that you know what i mean it's a lot of trauma happening a lot of ptsd being uh you know experienced by people and what are you supposed to do because now i mean both of them was eating ice cream sitting on his couch in his own home tatiana jefferson playing video games Sitting on her bed in her room, you don't pose a threat to anybody. I kind of feel like for a while after, like the incident at the Starbucks and some of these other instances where white people were calling the cops on black folks just doing normal shit, there was kind of that meme of like, "What's the next thing of doing this while black?" Mm-hmm. And for even like you know, minimally aware white people at this point, like after the Amber Geiger and Botham Jean and now Atiana. Um, you, it's hard not to just think to yourself. Maybe it's just because they're black. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like again, we've been saying that for years, and now like some of the stories that you know we told. I mean, at least me and like my group of friends, we told are now being. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Goddamn, documented. Well, not just documented, but it seems like they're just being uh, validated now. You know, like oh, now you know. Okay, now I believe you. Yeah, but I was saying that shit ten years ago. You know, should happen to us. You know what I'm saying? Like. You wasn't going to send nothing in. You know, being pulled over as many times as I've been pulled over in my life and not being arrested, you know what I mean, just being harassed. Not even get a ticket, G. Like, my car got searched. They thought I had drugs in the car. No, I just bought a North Face. The homegirl brought it over. It came in a box. She worked at the whatever warehouse, you know. 
You thought I had drugs in my car? I got placed on the curb and placed in handcuffs, and the dog was in and out of my car. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, G. Like, that's bullshit. You know what I mean? You just automatically thought that I was selling drugs or whatever. You know? So, like, that happens all the time. And now people are seeing what's going on. You know what I'm saying? So now it's just being substantiated. Like, you're saying, oh, okay, well, maybe that was true. Yeah, nigga, I said that then. (laughs) You know? Um, I I do want (laughs) to... Sorry, that's... I just, I don't know. I'm just enraged about the shit, you know. Um, I do want to talk about um, a couple of things that I've seen this week. A couple of them are funny. Some of them aren't. My guy, Mac, man, from the Mac and Nelly podcast is, that's my guy, man. He was on the show uh, about a month ago. He does this thing called Mac's Pot Roast. And he had a plate today on his Facebook, and it went up. I think there were something like 600 comments the last time I looked at the thread. The girl was mad embarrassed. Mac is a funny dude, man. Um, I hope that he continues it. I hope he doesn't feel discouraged from doing that because people get upset. That's something that we have to – man, I wanted to talk to Q about that. Um, yeah, that's something that uh, is, is – one, it's a great thing. It's great content, you know. And you can't really be offended by whatever. If you post something on the internet, it becomes public domain. Anybody can weigh in. Anybody can say anything. You know, you just got to roll with the fucking punches. It just showed me how, uh, how thin people's skin was. I think Mac does a great thing. Uh, him and Nelly are a great tandem because she infuriates people online as well. Um, so, you know, just those two. But the, I think they stay pretty true to their essence. Matt, keep doing your shit, bro. Don't let nobody discourage you from doing your thing. That Max Pot Roast is hella funny. It always gets a lot of traction. Um, I think it's great for their brand. I think that's amazing. Um, another thing I wanted to address was, well, I'm not going to address it today because I'm trying to find the best way to respectfully have the conversation about Black representation coming from the city in the music scene. Um, Yeah, we need to band together. There needs to be a conversation had, maybe a town hall where all the people who fashion themselves rappers or artists or singers or whatever, um, you know, that are African-American, we come together and we have, excuse me, a real conversation about support, what that looks like, how we represent Seattle. We have to fall in line because we're falling behind. And it's not for lack of effort, you know, it's not for lack of projects and all that type of shit. We just don't know how to band together and support one another. I've seen a lot of dick riding um, this past week. Um, yeah, some of y'all got to... I'm going to call some of y'all to the table. Uh, we're going to have these private conversations. I never want to call nobody out publicly. But, yeah, man, we, we got to be able to come band together, man, and support one another. Um, I had a great conversation with Cam the Mac the other day about... Just, you know, the music scene and, you know, who comes out of the music scene, how they get elected to come out of the music scene, you know, who's who's backing them, who's supporting them and things like that. And it's never our own people who are doing the majority of the heavy lifting, which is why I praise, again, PCA, um, Naaman, uh, Pender, the same, Jaime, those guys, Joe, all those guys, man, they do a, they do a phenomenal job of taking care of the artists um, you know, and represent the artists that that they work with, and making sure that they get great opportunities. Um, I had a, a, a conversation with Dave Jones again, another gentleman who was on the show about you know the difference between um, what's happening now, who's on, who's being put on, and what is gonna what is gonna take for other people who have that who deserve to be put on as well. Like what needs to happen? Like we gotta fucking fall in line with each other. Hype your boy up. I mean, you know. Or your sis or whoever, you know, hype hype the, the, the people up, get behind them, help them do numbers, show up to these shows, stream, listen to the albums, 
Listen to the project. Stop shitting on one another. Stop doing comparative rap. I'm better than that person. This person ain't doing. Stop all that shit. That shit is stupid. Again, had a conversation with Ralphie Davis last week. Ran into him. I love how. Let me show you guys. Share a story with you guys. I was talking to Ralphie a couple years ago. I think it's 2014, maybe 2015. Uh, Ralphie came up to me and was like, "Yo, I'm trying to be on Moments at Wayne Manor. Like, I need to be interviewed." And I was like, "Bro, why would I interview? You don't have a project out. You don't have nothing going. You know, it's not, not to be offensive, but come on, G. Like, what's that gonna do for either one of us? You don't have anything to push and support." I said, "Bro, stop having this mindset that people need to support you when you don't have shit going for yourself." So he finished his project. I called him. I shot one of his shows actually. I was like, "All right, bro, let's sit down." We sat down because now we had a product to move. Now he has something to promote, something for people to support. Um, he put out the, what was it? Uh, I forgot the name of his first project. Forgive me, brother. Um, but ever since then, he's been on a roll. He's gained some traction. He's doing his shit. He's bigger than he's ever been. I uh, was getting ready to put out a new project. Um, I hope I can speak on that. He told me that. I listened to a little bit of it. It's tight. Um, but, you know, but he's, he's kept it going. He's told me, like, at every benchmark, he's like, Reese, you know, you were absolutely right. I shouldn't have felt that sense of entitlement. You know, it's about the work. I got to do the work. I got to stop feeling like people should support me, and I should do something worth supporting. And it's just a, been a complete 180 from where he was before, and he's doing the work. Him and Fred have done an incredible job of building up the Edo brand. You know, they're doing their shit, man. So, you know, I think that every artist has had that moment where they feel like they have to do the work put forth the effort to do their shit to get to where they need to be and now they're there because they put forth the work and they humble themselves a little bit i've seen it happen with dave i've seen it happen with jarv i've seen it happen with nacho i've seen it happen with cam i watched it happen with, with gab everybody's had that moment where they just decided to just do the work fuck the entitlement shit all that and you know now they're and look where they're at now all these artists i just named are flourishing all these guys even you know black soul will jordan Fucking, um, I mean, just two years, a lot of people, you know what I mean? Um, Shelby's next up. She's doing her shit. She's getting shit going. People, humble your fucking self, man. Even me with the podcast. If we do a, a couple hundred fucking listens a week, gee, I'm not going to feel like people need to listen to me. I need to give people something worth listening to and something worth supporting, quality shit. That's my mindset. It's, it's forever going to be my mindset. And if you feel differently, hit me up, bro. Tweet me. Hit me on Instagram, whatever it may be. Speak your shit, bro. We can have a conversation about it. It may not be on this podcast, <laughs> but we could definitely have a conversation about, you know, whatever it may be. But do the fucking work, man. Um, <sighs> sorry. I'm, I wish we had some tequila. Shit. Um, I'm going <laughs> to call my guy, man. Quincy Jones, he was supposed to be here. He got stuck in traffic. Um, great dude, man. Let me give you a background on Q. Um, he's a comedian. Um, he live. He's from Seattle. He, he's based out of L.A. now. Um, one of the biggest things you might know Brett for is uh, he, he actually has cancer. He, he's been going through cancer treatments for the past couple years. Um, he was fortunate enough to, uh, through a GoFundMe, catch the attention of uh, Ellen DeGeneres, and she invited him to the show to um you know basically just give him some financial help you know they raised some money for him uh that helped him get his um his hbo special called burning the light um when the when the special came out i went down with bro for the premiere of the special went down to portland he was doing one of the portland uh comedy comedy festivals at that time we watched the premiere uh burning the light great comedy special still on hbo it was one of the highest rated comedy specials in several years 
Um, again, that's my guy, man. We go back to um, South Central, uh, South Central, uh, Seattle Central days uh, over a decade ago. It's my, it's my dude, man. He's a solid guy. Um, he recently just set the internet on fire with some comments that he made about Amanda Seals. Apparently, she was telling people that he was faking his cancer on some sucker shit. But <laughs> like, that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, nah. So I just want to, I'm gonna give bro a call right now. I told him I, told him I hit him. He couldn't make it. He was in traffic dealing with his people. He's in town now. So I said, we're going to call him. I hope this dude answered the phone, man, because he was supposed to be here. We almost didn't record today. Yeah, but, I mean, it's a good thing we did. Yeah, um, yeah. I appreciate you giving me that push because I definitely wasn't going. Well, look, I mean, I feel like part of the growth that you got to go, oh, shit, there we go. Sorry, my man, I was listening to you. No, nah, no. Nah. It's all good. Get your dude. Yo. Hello? Q. Unplug him and just put it on speaker. It is on speaker. He just, I don't think, he, he got sprint. That's why he can't hear shit. <laughs> <laughs> he told me earlier, he was like, bro, I'm trying to put in the address. I can't do it on the phone. Yeah, you got sprint. Fuck out of here. Um, I'll wait for bro to call me back. Um, you know what? I didn't do the panning thing. We might be out of here sooner than I thought. Um, today, man, we got this conference at my job. Um, it's going all week. Uh, they rented out the Seattle Art Museum all week for us. So we're there. We got the whole every, – every team is there, and I'm, like, help, helping host some shit. Um, so I'm helping host, like, the, the Paris team and the uh, Dublin, Ireland team. And it's just a lot of fucking organization. And I'm, I'm running myself ragged. I've been sweating and shit all day. Um, so today, man, I'm feeling like – what am I feeling like? Just regular old cotton draws. Just regular cotton panties. Just everyday utility panties. Just old fucking reliables, man. Just get me through the goddamn day. No name brand. No special lace. No nothing. <laughs> Not period panties, but just, you know, everyday shit. Um, yeah, that's it. That's me today. No, no special colors. No none of that. I'm just going around doing shit I got to do. Let me call this fool back, man. Yo, yo. My guy, how are you? What's good, fam? Oh, man, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I wish you could be here, but I, I completely get it. How's, how's, yeah, it, how's it been? You running around the city? Oh, uh, man, you know, just catching up with family and, you know what I'm saying, trying to do errands and get everything accomplished, you know what I'm saying? Had to take care of, you know, some bureaucratic paperwork, like, you know, get my license, re- you know, uh, my license renewed and all that. Oh, word? Yeah. Does that matter, though, that you're in L.A.? I mean, it does because my license based out of here. Wait, wait, so, I'm sorry, hold on. I just, just to understand, so you got your license renewed for Washington, but that affects you right. down in L.A.? right. Right, no, my license expired, and so I had to retake the test. And so oh, man. now I can just, just take my license down there and transfer it or whatever, you know? Oh, is that what happens? You don't have to do, like, nothing? Oh, okay, okay, I got you. I see what you're saying. But if you, did, but if you didn't have a license here, uh, couldn't you just do it in L.A.? Or could you just, like, take a yeah, test? Yeah, yeah, I could have just did it here. But it would take it would have taken hella long. Oh, got you. Okay, no worries. All right, bro, I, I did give you a, a solid intro, I, I feel like. Um, let the people know who you are. Um, I do want to ask you how you're feeling today. I know you were talking about some of your treatments last week. You you were talking about that on Facebook. How are you feeling today? Oh, man, I'm 
feeling great, man. You know, it, it always feels good to be surrounded by loved ones. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm back in my home city. You know, it's been a while, so been about a, been about a year, some uh, years of change. So I'm having a good time. You know. Okay, bet. Um, I would have loved to uh, caught up with y'all. Call, that, that's why I called you last night. I was trying to see if you wanted to come through the house and play dominoes. Oh man, I was actually going to invite you to uh, Red Robin and Northgate at nine after after your show. Oh yeah, I'll come out there. Let's do it. Okay. Who's whose dinner is that? You mentioned uh, there's somebody's dinner, right? Oh no, it, it's just me, uh, my boy Antonio, a few other folks, uh, Frank. You know what I'm saying? Just some homies. Okay, yeah, no, I'll come out. I definitely saw it. Let me ask you a question real quick, man. I do want to know. I know you and I have talked about writing a lot. Um, you know, right. you writing for shows possibly or, you know, helping out with that. What do you have on your agenda as far as, you know, what you're helping create? Oh, man. Well, you know, I got a bunch of projects. 2020, I, I, I'm dropping. I, I got I got uh, Dreams Over Desk. I got a clothing line dropping. There's that. I got Manifest Monday T-shirts. I got Mission Remission t-shirts uh those are all dropping uh first quarter uh, of january uh first quarter 2020 i got uh q's happy hour review dropping starting in november uh and i'm doing you know 52 of those so each week i do a different you know space for happy hour uh i got uh, q's movie reviews i got free joke friday for my instagram where i post uh post a, a, a set you know what i'm saying uh mm-hmm. Uh, showcasing the jokes I've been seeing that special that I'm working towards you know I mean I'm writing shows I got uh, I'm working on a pilot right now uh, that's like clerks but with uh, but with a a weed shop so it's called buddies Uh, so it's two best friends open up their weed shop that's tight Um, you know I just got a bunch of projects man like a bunch of stuff I'm glad that you can stay motivated and stay working um, you know through the midst of all the, the treatments and all that uh, I remember when you, you know, you first started publicly speaking about, uh, you know, being sick, um, you know, and I remember you used to do these like really long Facebook posts, like, you know, just your thoughts. And I'd always read them and I didn't really know how to I didn't know how to take it in because I didn't know, you know, what you're dealing with. You know what I mean? How to affect it, how to lift your spirits, none of that. Um, but I'm just glad, one, that you're still here. Um, you know, and you've kind of been immortalized. You have, you know, the the HBO special, which is which is tight. Um, you said you have another special planned. Is it going to be a, kind of like in the same vein as Burning the Light? Uh, no, I mean it's it's going to be it's going to be better. It's going to be better. I think Burning the Light was a was a solid intro, but it didn't capture my comedy. Uh, it, didn't, it, it didn't. It didn't showcase my comedy the way I would have liked to. Mm-hmm. So I think what I'm going to do this time is do uh, do it a little different. You know, I'm, I got more jokes. I have I have more time. I've had a couple years to reflect on everything. Now I get to showcase my growth uh, as an artist, as a comedian, and to showcase you know my joke writing ability. So okay, and it seems like you might have a little more flexibility and freedom to do that if you're the one really putting it on. You know, and, and organizing it yourself. Yeah, I really feel like that. That's what it's about, you know. I think when Nipsey Hussle uh, got got taken from us, that sort of was my wake up call. Of like, yo, you got to make sure your business is on point. You got to make sure your legacy is straight. You got to make sure that you know your people are around you are, are are taken care of in the event of your untimely demise. You know, I've always thought about my demise because I have cancer, but at the you know, I've, uh, it made me bring it that much closer. It was like, oh snap, we we could all get snuffed out anytime. Right. Yeah, it's a possibility for everybody. Um, yeah. Let me ask you this. I know that um, 
you said before that you didn't want to be just the guy with cancer, right? As far as you didn't want to just be known for that, right? Do you feel like you've been able to benefit, though, from the attention that you've gotten because of that, you know, and and obviously because of the Ellen thing and and the HBO special? Do you feel like you've gotten a good good amount of attention or good attention? You know, I think I had some good attention, for sure. I think uh, in addition to me having some good attention, uh, as usual, opposites attract. So, you know, with, with good attention, good energy is great there's always going to be something negative because obviously it's a track. So, you know, when someone, when people, when someone came out the woodwork and said I was faking cancer, uh, while it hurt and it impacted me, I also realized that that's, that's, that's part of the crown. You know what I'm saying? When you're wearing Mm -hmm. a crown, you're going to have thorns, you're going to have jewels. So, you know, it's not always going to be shiny. Sometimes you're going to get poked by it too. You know, do you mind talking about that? You put out a very, uh, a tweet that went viral. (laughs) About somebody, do you mind talking about no, that a little I mean, bit? It was it wasn't just that person. I don't even give that person any any name. I won't, I won't name names, but you know, so I will say that someone you know on a on a on a show uh, had jumped on the bandwagon. I'm not gonna act like she was the instigator or the initiator of it, but she was. She hopped on you know social media with her platform and did that, and so I was like, oh wow, we were friends, we were cool. But, you know, I mean, everything ebbs and flows in the industry. Entertainment industry is full of ups and downs. So you got to make sure that, you know, you you got the right board underneath you to ride the wave. Right. Right. Well, it seems like, I mean, you know, I've known you for, what, over a decade now. And I've watched your your demeanor uh, lighten up over time. Maybe it's just that we're growing up, you know, and you can place different things in perspective. But I do have a profound respect for you in the sense that you're able to handle and navigate these waters. Uh, without getting too down or without being too negative. I really do commend you for that. Yeah, I mean, well, thank you, man. I mean, I think one of one of my best things, uh, uh, what I try to do is just keep, if you keep moving, man, there's not enough opportunity for negativity to, to gain traction on you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you keep moving in a positive light, in a positive manner, it's impossible for things to really stick to you and really be negative. Right. You know what I'm saying? So what I try to do is, I feel like one of the main reasons that I've been able to be successful, blessed, and fortunate in the in the event of this negative circumstance of me having cancer, a terminal cancer, is the fact that I've been positive. I've maintained a positive attitude. I've surrounded myself with positive people, family, friends, and, and I have a great support system. It's sort of like when you go to when people go to hospital and they get admitted, people think they're getting admitted to get better. But that's not the case. People are going in to get monitored. You get better when you get outside the hospital. You start taking care of yourself and do, making the right changes. You know. Mm. I didn't think about that. I never, I never thought about it in that way. But I, I believe you're completely right. I mean, just being positive. I mean, they say being positive, it just helps everything. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, positive thoughts are always going to yield positive results. You know, so um, I mean, positive thoughts, you know, positive attitude, and, and a great work ethic definitely will. Of course, yeah. You know, so if you, if you if you're focused on just creating quality content consistently, right? If mm-hmm. you just focus on that, then it's impossible for people to really allow anything else to be distracted by you. Because you you know, if someone said, "Hey, yo, D. Reese, man, I heard D. Reese." Uh, he uses filters on all his camera. Or, you know, he, he doesn't shoot manually. He only shoots automatic, <laughs> right? Right. Someone's like, nah, D-Reed's always positive. I know that ain't true, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's that's not, 
that's not likely. If he, if it was, you know, auto, if it was uh, automatic, it was probably accident. He always shoots manually. He always looks for the right lighting, and he's always been supportive of me and give me pointers. So when you when you're supportive and you show love and you're encouraging, you may not always get that back in return, but it definitely helps solidify your name and your reputation and your legacy. People are gonna be like, yeah. T. Reese is good. People will come. People will. People will come to your defense for you because they know you're a good person. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that I think that matters. I think integrity matters a lot. You know. Um, I, I think is and I think integrity is underrated. I don't think too many of us are you know encouraging people to do the right things at all times. Um, so I, I think that's a very underrated thing that's, that's not taking place. Um, I, I think also the thing is we, a lot of people think that. Integrity means you're supposed to do the right thing all the time, and it's like at the at the end of the first Deadpool, when Colossus is talking to Deadpool, and he's like two or three moments, two or three moments, and it's like that's all it takes. Right, it's just do to be decent when you could have been dirty. Right, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, abs- bro. Look, absolutely. And, and there's definitely sometimes, you know, where you, you can just be neutral. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to act. And I think that sometimes can save people as well. Just that inaction, you know. Um, I wanted to ask you, before we jump off of here, G, um, I definitely want to ask you, what's your, what's your, uh, what do you think, what's your, like, top three funniest movies? My top three funniest movies? Mm-hmm. Shit, man, I'm going to say Life. Okay. With Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence is, is hilarious. Yep. Uh, funny movies. Uh, I think Step Brothers is hilarious. Okay. And man, I, I feel like I'm gonna miss something, man. Uh, I did, I did, oh, I did the '90s. I did the early 2000s. Uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank in the third one. Okay. When, we, when you when you get a chance to think about it, you can definitely revisit it. I, I I thought about it today. Funniest movie I think I've ever seen. Well, Life, yeah, but it's Life and um, Life and Superbad for me are the two funniest movies I've ever seen in my life. Just hand, said, just period. You said Life and what else? Superbad. Superbad is hella funny. Superbad is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen ever, bruh. It's, you know, maybe it's because I saw this movie recently, but uh, Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it. Bro, Starsky and Hutch has uh, 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 Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson, Snoop Dogg playing Huggy Bear. You know, it's a lot. It's I'm going to have to check it out. You know what movie was hella funny to me? This is more recent. Uh, we smoked and I watched uh, Daddy's Home. Fam. I laughed so goddamn hard. Daddy's home is hella funny. Daddy's home? Yeah, with uh Wahlberg and um and Will Ferrell. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, and Talladega Nights. Talladega I mean, Nights. I think, I, I think Will Ferrell has has locked it as part of like the funniest he's gotta be at least one of the funniest movies of all time. Him and uh I think, I Andy think Murphy. Old school and stepbrothers, Will Ferrell's got that position locked. Where he do you makes a cameo on Starsky and Hutch? Where do you rank um Eddie Murphy all time is like funniest movies. Like maybe just Eddie like, Murphy. huh? Eddie Eddie Murphy funniest movies. Well, where do you put Eddie Murphy in like just the funniest comedians? 
You know, he's not my my type of co- comedy. It's not my type of comic, but I respect you know his legacy mm-hmm. um, and, and all that jazz. So, <laughs> uh, I'm not saying I respect it like he needs my respect. I'm just <laughs> I'm saying like, like, like I, think, I, think, I think it's dope. Like, like he's looking for Ed Quincy. Uh, uh, who's what does he think? About? <laughs> right. Uh, no, uh, I, I think Eddie Murphy. There's no. There's no. The only the closest person to Eddie Murphy was Robin Williams in terms of versatility for acting out roles. Mm, I like that. Rest like in peace to Robin Murphy Williams as well. Like you can do Eddie Murphy an impersonation of Eddie Murphy doing an impersonation, but you can't do Eddie Murphy because when you talk to Eddie Murphy in interviews, he's like, he's like, yeah. So uh, when I was doing this, cool. But then in, in, the, in the movie, he's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Eddie in the house. You're just like, oh, wow. So he could do, like, impersonations, characters, and everything. He's really dope. No, you're absolutely right. I'm waiting to see. They said he got a new stand-up coming. I'm, I'm anxious to see it. I'm anxious to see the Dolomite movie, too. Yeah, Dolomite I'm down for. I'm not anxious to see the, the stand-up. I just want to see where he came from. Delirious is one of my favorite um, favorites of all time, favorite stand-ups. But, um, brother, man, I appreciate you making the time. I know you couldn't make it in here, but thank you very much for taking the call. Oh, man, thank you so much for having me, man. Shout out to, to the podcast, man. I, I, I fuck with it. I love it, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to, to interview me and have me on it. Of course, bro. I'll see you in a few. You said 9 o'clock at the Red Robin? Yeah, 9 o'clock, North Gate Red Robin. Yes, sir. I'll be there. All right. All right, brother, man. Peace. Peace. All right. It's my guy, man. I appreciate that, brother. Um, Yeah, man. Positivity is a, is a huge thing. I mean, dog has cancer. It's terminal. <laughs> like... You know, he had motherfuckers in Hollywood saying that he was faking his cancer. Like, and for him to still be on this, you know, on this wave where he still wants to do and still produce content material, like, it's fucking nuts, man. Um, it's the power of the mind, man. Willpower is fucking amazing. Um, okay, we're going to get up out of here. Um, let me see. Did I have anything? We got a contest coming up soon for a waist contour belt uh, for the ladies. Um, talking physical fitness. And, you know, definitely want to make sure that, you know, we're all in our bag and all, you know, we're, we're moving healthily. Um, what else, man? Um, the He Said, He Said podcast, they have um, trivia night. I think it's Beyonce trivia night uh, on Wednesday. I think it's at Bar Sue. I'm not sure at the time, but I'll find out. I'll hit Ray and Jay and figure that out. Uh, they have a great podcast, by the way. You should check them out. Um, also, um, I think it's the... It's not the two-year anniversary, but I know that the Black in the City podcast has, I think it's this upcoming Sunday, they have a party, and you can get tickets. I'll make sure that I'll, I'll tweet the link out to that as well. I think it's like 25 bucks a ticket or something like that. I'll be in the building supporting those ladies because they're great. Um, who else has some shit to support, man? Is that it? I can't think of anything. Nobody sent me anything. Um, I'll be in the house this weekend. Besides for that, I know you guys like to say that I'm out the house. I'll be popping all the time, and I don't. I just be doing my thing. Um, yeah, I think that's about it, G. Anything else? Keith, you got anything? I'm good, man. How'd the tournament pan out? Tournament went well. Did it? Okay. Yeah, we're getting ready for Tekken next month. Tekken next month. Now, where's where's Bonus the- round, Trinity Nightclub, date to be announced. All right. Any of you any of you nerds? Where's Vega at, man? I know. Yo, listen, man, we're gonna have $175 for first prize. You're gonna make $175 for playing video games. Come on. What's the entry fee? 15. Oh, yeah, you're fucking in there. All right, man. Well, um, as soon as we get a date for that, we'll announce that as well. And uh, we'll post about that 
also. Uh, shout out to my guys at the Hoops and uh, Hoops and Brews podcast. They are covering Clippers games this year, which is also fucking tight. Um, we just had uh, uh, Chris Kidd on here, and he works with those guys as well. So shout out to them. Um, my guy at TPJ says some bullshit today. He said that Cushion Orange Juice is better than any Drake project, which is fucking blasphemous in my personal opinion. I think that's fucking nuts, but, you know, hey, brother, flourish. I told him, you know, they let you drink at these fucking pressers. Kind of drunk thought is that. Um, yeah, man, people are just doing a bunch of great shit out here. I, I don't know who else. Oh, um, I know that the Homegirl Dime, that the Single Sex Cool podcast, her and Tashara, they had their 10th episode, so that's a milestone. It takes a lot of fucking work to be consistent. Um, who else, man? Who else? Oh, yeah, Ralphie Davis got new music coming, so there's that. All right, you guys. Um... We're out of here. I don't have anything else. Um, I'll get back with you guys later.